You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. Hey, good morning and uh, welcome to New Hope Church once again. My name is Randy. I'm one of the pastors here. We have been uh, talking in these days about discipleship. Now, I have probably told you my personal testimony before, but uh, if you've heard it, just pretend like you didn't. I'm going to tell it to you again. My father was a pastor. When I was 11 years old, I finally learned that I could not follow the Lord simply because my parents did. It was a decision that I had to make myself. And so I made that decision. I made the decision to begin to follow the Lord at 11 years old. And all through high school, um, frankly, I had a very roller coaster type experience. Uh, sometimes I'd be up, sometimes I'd be down. And that's just kind of the way my life went. Uh, I knew what I was supposed to do, and sometimes I did it. A lot of times, I didn't do it. Well, by the time I was in university, between my freshman and my sophomore year, I made a commitment to go to Japan on a mission summer trip and just had a fantastic time there. Uh, we did a lot of physical things. We built a Quonset hut. We we helped out in an evangelism cra- uh, campaign, passing out flyers. We uh, taught English for a little bit, and uh, I made a lot of friends that summer. The night before I was to come back, one of the friends that I had made, his name was Rico, he asked to speak to me. I said, sure, I'd love to speak to you. So he came and we sat down, we began to talk. And he said, Randy, you just seem to have it together and uh, I, I need your advice on something. He said, I am living a roller coaster Christian life. What do I do? What do I do? I have no idea what I told him. I was blowing smoke because... In my mind, even as I was speaking to him, I was thinking, dude, I'm doing the very same thing. I don't know what to do. Came back to university that year at university. There were two missionaries who had just come back from Columbia. And they said, we want to start something at that point in time. This was back in the days when uh, uh, horses had not even been invented yet. So... uh, Um, (laughs) at that time, discipleship was brand new. They said, we want to start a discipleship group. Now the navigators were around, they were doing it, but uh, really nobody else was. And they said, we found this helpful in Columbia where where we were missionaries. And they said, if you want to grow, if you want to change your life from a roller coaster type life, to a life of growth. Come and be a part of the discipleship group. They ask us, university students, to make a a 10-hour-a-week commitment. That's a lot of time for a university student. An hour a day in devotions, 
two hours meeting as a group and then one hour one-on-one with one of the two of them. So I signed up for it. I began to do it and it made all the difference in the world. Now I'm not saying I'm some super Christian. Definitely not. But my life, even though there are ups and downs, it's kind of like this, right? I can look back at it and I can see steady growth. Sometimes I'm more down than I should be. Sometimes I'm probably higher than I merit. But discipleship made a difference in my life. That's what we're talking about today. So what does scripture say about discipleship? Well, the key passage where we have to go are Jesus's parting words in Matthew chapter 28. There we read, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Great passage, right? We've heard it before and we all know this is what is called the the Great Commission. If you're going to be a missionary, you've got to preach on the Great Commission because this passage is for missionaries, right? Wrong. There is nothing in the passage that says this is for a very specific group of people. These are Jesus' parting words to us. He says, all of us, we need to learn to make disciples. That is our call. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Now I want to talk to you from this passage about four different things. The first one actually becomes before Jesus' words. It's in these words, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. How dare they? (laughs) Right? What in the world? They saw him and they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. So immediately my mind goes to, all right, who's the guy? Well, there's Doubting Thomas. I mean, they even call him Doubting Thomas, right? He must have been one of the ones who doubted and You know, maybe James the Lesser. I mean, he's called the Lesser for a reason, right? So, Thomas and James. So I went to the Greek and I looked it up, trying to figure out what in the world does this mean that some doubted. And what I discovered is that it does not say some doubted. It says when they saw them, they worshipped him. And they doubted. That did not help things at all. (laughs) They all doubted. So I began looking, and what I discovered was that there are actually two different words in Greek for doubt. 
One of the words is typically translated faithless, unbeliever. That's not this word. It's not saying that they were unbelievers. The word that's used here is sometimes translated confused. Okay, that makes sense. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But they were confused. I mean, look at what they had just been through. They had spent three and a half years with Jesus. They believed he was the Messiah. And then they nailed him to a cross and they crucified him and they killed him and they buried him. And three days later, he's up walking around, appearing out of nowhere in locked rooms, saying strange things like, go to all the world. <laughs> they were confused. That makes perfect sense to me. You know why? Because I get confused. Yeah. I see him and I believe and I worship him, but I don't have all the answers. And that is the first thing that we need to talk about to make disciples. You don't have to have all the answers. You know, sometimes we don't get started we don't share our faith because we don't think we're prepared enough we don't make disciples because what if they ask us this or what if they ask us that I wouldn't know how to answer you know what that's okay when they saw him they worshipped him and they were still confused they didn't have all the answers but they were connected. They knew other people. They knew God himself. Jesus himself was going with them. Sometimes one of the reasons we don't have all the answers is because we don't have all the questions. And we hear a new question and we find new answers. First point, you don't have to have all the answers. Second point, when we start here, Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples. Again, decent translation. It's not the only possible translation. Lori, you're going to love this. There are two verbs in this passage. But in Greek, there is only one imperative. You know what an imperative verb is? That's a command. Here in the translation, we have two commands. The command to go and the command to make disciples. But in Greek, one of these is the imperative and the other one is actually a gerund. Now, a gerund is just the ing form of a verb. And it modifies the other verb. So I'm going to let you vote. How many of you think the command is to go? Hands up now. Great. How many of you think the command is to make disciples? Hands up now. How many of you don't know what an imperative or a gerund is? Both hands up and then smack the top of your head. <laughs> There's only one command here and it's the command to make disciples. 
Another possible translation of this, one that I actually prefer, translates the gerund as a gerund. As you are going, make disciples. It's like Jesus is saying, fellas, we're up here on top of a mountain. This is not a normal place to be. And pretty soon I'm going to leave you guys. But I'm going up. (laughs) You're not going to be able to go the way I go. And you're not quite going to know what to do. So probably you're going to look at each other dumbfounded and you're going to say, what do we do now? (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Eventually, though, you're going to get hungry (laughs) and you're going to want to go to the nearest village. As you are going, make disciples. And you're going to eat and you're going to look at each other and say, well, what do we do now? And pretty soon one of you is going to say, i got to go back to work. As you are going, make disciples. But fellas, sooner rather than later, you're going to figure out that you want more out of life than what you have had in the past. You're going to want to make a church and you're probably going to go to Jerusalem to start that church. As you are going, make disciples. And then eventually, fellas, you're going to want to go places you've never been before to share the gospel. As you are going, make disciples. See, the second thing that Jesus wants us to understand about this is that making disciples is something that we can just do every day. It's a relatively simple process. So let's talk about what that means, make disciples. I mean, that's the command, so we should probably at least understand a little bit of what Jesus is talking about when he says make disciples. Our problem is that we live in the 21st century. We are conditioned by years of school. A lot of us in here have been through 12 years of school. Some of us through 16 years and some of us through 20 years. And so when we hear the words make disciples, we think, aha, it's a new class. Maybe I can find a book about how to be a disciple. Or maybe I can just discover that perfect podcast to listen to and know what it takes to make a disciple. See, the problem is in the first century, they would have never thought of that. They didn't have universities. They didn't have 12 years of school. Their schooling took place between roughly six years and 10 years old. They learned reading and writing and arithmetic. And that was pretty much it. But once they turned 10, 
they would go with daddy to the family business. And there they would apprentice with daddy. So Joseph took Jesus into his wood shop and he taught him how to cut wood and how to hammer nails. He taught him to measure twice and cut once. <laughs> he taught him how to work with wood. He taught him everything that he needed to know to be a carpenter. And Jesus was known as a carpenter because he learned it from his dad as an apprentice. When Jesus says, make disciples, he is literally saying, get an apprentice. But it's not an apprentice who's going to learn how to cut wood or not an apprentice who's going to learn how to grow corn. It's an apprentice to learn how to be a Christian. Every one of us needs a protege. Someone that we are pouring our life into. And while that sounds threatening, it is very simple. Praying is not a natural thing. It's not. You know how you learn to pray? You watch somebody else. You're with somebody else. Parents, you want to teach your kids how to pray? Pray with them. Pray in front of them. You want to teach your kids that it's important to read the Bible? Let them see you reading the Bible. You want to teach someone how to share their faith? Haul them with you when you share your faith. An apprentice is simply someone who goes with you to figure out life. That's what we're called to do. Find an apprentice. Find someone that you can just model the Christian life to. Third thing. Jesus goes on. He says, uh, oh, excuse me, before we get there. This is something that the disciples picked up on. This is something that the disciples figured out pretty early. Okay, Jesus did this with us. We're supposed to do it with them. And so the 12 disciples looked for others. They had disciples. Those disciples went out. And they had still other disciples. In fact, about 40 years later, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. And he says to Timothy, you have heard me teach many things that's been confirmed by reliable witnesses. You go and teach these things to others, to faithful men, to reliable people who will then be able to pass them on to others. Now, you know there are seven generations of Christians in that verse. We start with Jesus. 
Jesus discipled 12. Those guys went out and they discipled others, among them Barnabas. Barnabas went out and found Paul, discipled Paul. Paul discipled Timothy. Timothy, he said, go find faithful men who will then pass it on to others. Seven generations. That was Paul's plan. Disciple. It wasn't go out and teach. Teaching takes place. But Paul's key plan was discipling. Paul's plan was not to create huge churches that people would come to and hear the gospel. Paul's plan was that individuals like you and me would get involved with other people. We'd listen to their story. We'd hear what they were doing, how life was going for them. They would find ways to connect with them. And then they'd turn them loose to go and do the same thing with others. Now, third thing. Paul says, when you do this, do this by baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now this brings us to a really important point. The 12 who were receiving the Great Commission had been baptized. He wasn't talking to them about them. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, he was not saying, I want you all to pair up. Thomas, you, you get with Andrew. Bartholomew, you and, and probably James should start discipling each other. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, go out and find new people. Find out people who have not yet been baptized. Go spread this around. This was something that he intended for them to do with others, with new people. Jesus' intent is that you actually begin to disciple someone who maybe has not even believed yet. It's kind of a new idea, isn't it? But we can actually begin to apprentice people who have not yet made a decision of faith. Now we're going to be talking to them about other things. But among the things that we talk to them about, let's ask the question, hey, so what about you and God? Do you have a relationship with God? And if the answer is no, that is not the end of the conversation. It just adds a new level to what we talk about. Let me tell you about my relationship with God. Let me show you what I do. Third point, discipleship is not primarily something that we do in and among ourselves. Discipleship is something that we do to spread the gospel. Fourth point, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's the content of discipleship. It's obeying 
what Jesus said. Now, there's some people scattered around the auditorium here that have cards. You guys or gals get up and hand those cards out right now. We want everybody to have some of these, uh, at least one of these cards. You might want to take more than one. But the cards is the summary of the discipleship pathway that we have been talking about in different ways, shapes, and forms. Pretty much every Sunday we'll hit one of these. You'll see on one side a heptagram for all you math teachers out there. Yes, a seven-sided figure is a heptagram. There's a heptagram on it with seven things that we all need to do. We need to learn to pray. We need to connect. We need to serve. We need to share. We need to give. We need to study. And we need to worship. And on the back, under the discipleship pathway, there's an entry level. If you don't do this at all, start at the entry level. If you're doing the entry level, move up to the growth level. If you're doing the growth level, the maturity level is where you want to go next. Now we'll come back and we'll talk about these things from time to time. Typically we'll take one of those boxes and on any given Sunday we'll talk about one of those things. That's the content of discipleship. So let's take a look back over the passage. I mentioned that I'm not really happy with uh, a lot of the translations, so I'm translating here from the RSV, the Randy Spate version. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go, and seeing him, they worshipped him, but they were still confused. And then Jesus came, and he said to them, God gave me all authority in heaven and on earth. So when you leave here, make disciples. Make disciples of all people. Do this by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them to keep everything that I told you to do. And remember, I'm going with you. I'll be there with you every single day until the end of all eternity. That is what Jesus wants us to do. So what does that mean for us? It's our desire to see everybody here in the church, everybody, every committed Christian, to identify someone that you can connect with on a regular basis. Together, talk about your spiritual life. Together, let each other know how you're doing. Go well beyond the, hey, how you doing? Ah, great. Tell them how you're really doing. Pray for each other. Challenge each other. And please, Look outside the church. Spread the gospel. We want people outside the church that we know and love to benefit from this as well.
We want you to be reaching out to new people, even people that just would never go to church. That is what it means to make disciples. Today, to live, love, and go like Jesus, we want you to make disciple-makers. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.